you have the word of the Lord with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I've got a couple little verses here but that we're going to go through, but I, I want to I go through and kind of look at, at chapter 2. So as we look at it, we start out at the beginning, and it says that he's quickened us. He's given us spiritual life, and that in time past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and so that we can't say that I didn't go through that. It says in verse 3, it says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. But the one verse that really sticks out to me here, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. That's an important part that, you know what, it, you know, Brother Leroy, I was looking at, at eight, for by grace are you saved through faith. But, you know, but even when we were dead in sins, God was watching over us. You know, we look at it. You know, Brother Leroy had some really rough things that happened to him. You know what I mean? You know, uh, falling off the roof of the garage and falling out of the car, you know, and everything. These were some things, but, you know, but God was watching over him because he knew that Leroy Rhodes, his name, was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And because of that, that he was, back then, Leroy admitted, he was dead in his trespasses and sins. So God had to bring him and all of us, I'm just, I'm just using Leroy's name, but all of us, he had to bring us to that certain point in our lives that we really came, we, well, we came to the realization that we needed Jesus in our lives. And that's when we come forth and made a public profession of our faith. And we went through believer's baptism and we became, a, we were a child of God. You know, and he, he's raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places. But in verse 8 and 9, like it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we see some things in here that he wants us to remember. That ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. So we got to remember he's writing this letter to the church that is at Ephesus. And they were Gentiles. These weren't Jews, these were Gentiles, a lot of them. That ye being time past Gentiles in the flesh were called uncircumcision, by that was the circumcision in the flesh made by by hands. But in verse 12, I think it, it, it comes to a realization, doesn't it? And he says that at that time, you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Do you realize how bad that is? Having no hope and without God. I know it's without God in the world, but God was in the world, but not in the world of the Gentiles. He was not. He was not. And then 13 starts out with my, my favorite word, but now in Christ Jesus. Realize that in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, what is that, are made nigh by what? Not by anything we've done, but by the blood of Christ. Wow, he's broken down that middle wall of partition. But when you get down to verse 19, 20, 21, 
and 22. One complete sentence. I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm not looking at verse things or anything like that. And I want to just read it. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. What a wonderful day. We started out that we were basically not part of this, and it gets to the end, and now we're fellow citizens. We're all one. In the church of God, there's no Jew and Gentile. It's all one. There's no Greek, no bond, no free, nothing. We're all one. All one and in one. So I want to go back through verse 19. It's been a few weeks since I've been in the pulpit, so we look at it, there, there's three kinds of persons that are set here, aren't there? Three kinds of persons. There's strangers, there's foreigners, and citizens, fellow citizens. So there's three kinds of people. As I remember the last time I said, well, strangers are a person whom one does not know or is not familiar with. Foreigners are a person born in or coming from a country other than one owns. And citizens are an inhabitant of a particular town or city, country, a native person who owes his allegiance to a government and is entitled to protection from it. And if we look at that, this last one, we're fellow citizens. He says, we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We're fellow citizens. And when we look at this, and what I said, it, it's a native person who owns his allegiance to a government. And we look at this, we're fellow citizens with the saints. So what is it? We own our allegiance to God. We owe our allegiance to Jesus Christ. This is the one thing that's really, we really need to understand this and is entitled to protection from it. We are entitled to protection because we're fellow citizens. We're entitled to protection of God and of Jesus Christ. When we look at these things, that he's there to watch over us and protect us. And we look into the Old Testament, we can see Job. Job, God was watching over him all the time, wasn't he? He was watching over and he watches over us. That's the protection that we're getting from him. Sometimes, you know, we don't even realize it. You've heard me say, and I guess that's one of my phrases that I've kind of been doing. We don't understand when he's working behind the scenes to protect us, to watch over us. That we don't even understand it. He might have done something that maybe that we didn't get into an accident. So he watches over us. And we look at it and we can see, even with, with Brother Jimmy, how he's really watching over him through all of this. Because when he had the stroke, we understand 
that there's not a whole lot of time that you need to get care for. And you have to, you have to get care for this. And through the different procedures and everything, God is watching over him. God's going to watch over him as he goes through this surgery in his ankle. And that God's going to bring him through all of this. That he'll be able to stand to be able to preach the word once again. If anybody knows Brother Jimmy, that's so near and dear to his heart that, it, that he wants to get back into, into that pulpit. We are entitled. It's a promise. God has promised us. Jesus has promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, what does it go on to? So we may boldly say that the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man will do to, can do to me. Will do to me, can do to me. I'm, I don't know exactly how it goes. But see, that's protection. That's protection. And he's going to take care of us as we do these things. As we go through life, he protects us. It's amazing when we look at these things. You know, now therefore ye are no more, no more. I take that to mean forever, Brother Leroy, forever. From now until the end of time, till we go to be with him or whatever. Or if we're here when he comes again, I don't know. You know, but he says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints, fellow citizens, and of the household of God. You know, we look at it back then, the Jews did what? They called Gentiles strangers, because we can see in here how they were strangers. All foreigners, i got to read this a little bit, because I, I, can't, I can't memorize all this stuff. But all foreigners were regarded as strangers, and only Jews we're supposed to have near access to God. But now, says Paul, this distinction is taken away. It's taken away. And the believing Gentiles, as well as the Jews, have the right of citizenship and all the benefits, rights, privileges that come with being a member of the family of God. Isn't that awesome? That we are part of his Family. We are family. I, that's what, you know, when we go to visit another church or whatever, we're, we're, we're part of their family. When we go around and look at these things. The Gentiles were no longer strangers to God. We were no longer strangers to Him. But we have to understand that we might not be strangers because of what we were, but he knew us before the foundation of the world. It's kind of a, a thing you got to weigh into balances, you know what I mean? Because he knew us because he wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. We are no longer strangers to God, the grace of God, the love of God, and communion with him. Isn't it wonderful to realize? See, we're looking at it, well, we've got all these things, but back then, we have to understand, they didn't. 
the Jews, the Jews and the Gentiles were so far apart. We just, I, I guess I'm going to say, we take it for granted right now, Brother Leroy. And we shouldn't be taking what we have today for granted. We should take it for how precious it is for each and every one of us that are given unto us, what? Exceeding great and what? Precious promises. When we look at these things, wow. So we're no longer strangers to God, we're no longer strangers to Christ, and we're no longer strangers to the Holy Spirit. It's just amazing. We're able to enjoy all these privileges. See, that's what I think we need to, we need to take hold of more than anything else, the privileges that we have with being a, a child of God, part of the family. We're now upon equal footing with the Gentiles, or with the Jews, I'm sorry. This is what we need to understand. And of the household of God, we realize how much that really means, the household. I don't know if I brought this up the last time when I was going over these verses, but in, in the times of like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of these, when you were adopted into a family, you could never be written out of that family. You were an heir all the time. And that's what, that's what it means here. We're an heir. Heirs and joint heirs. You know, and because of that, we can see that we can never be taken away from that. We're always going to be his children. No matter what we might do in between those things, because we're only, we're humans. We're humans. We have to understand that we're, we're only human. And we might do these things, but we can, we can never be written out of the will. There's going to be that crown of righteousness that's going to be reserved for us, and it's going to be there forever for each and every one of us. It's just, you know, we can we see all these believers, and we're all of the same family. You know, whether Jew and Gentile, it's it's just a way, you know. We're his children, and he's our father. And that's the relationship that we are always going to have with him. We've got to understand that. We're always going to be his children, and he's always going to be his father. This is what we need to completely and fully understand. It's not by birth. We have to understand it's not by birth, not by merit, but by what? Adopting grace. Adopting grace. We are not guests or occasional visitors, as he says. You know, we're not anything like that. But permanent dwellers in the house and members of the family. We're permanent. It's permanent. Just like when he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. We have to understand. It's permanent. I don't know what he used to write our names in there, but you can never be taken out. 
We can never because we have to understand God does not make mistakes. Okay? He doesn't make mistakes. So when he put you in there, he knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote your name there. You're you're members of his family. Never to be taken away. And look, because of all these things, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't think you see it so much now, but in the olden days, it was a big thing. When they were putting a building up, they put a cornerstone in there. And you can go around here on Crown Point, some of these older buildings, and you can see that cornerstone. It's made out of something different, a limestone or whatever. I don't know what it is. And they've got engraved in there when that, when that foundation was laid and everything, and when they put that cornerstone in there. You know, that's what it is. He's, he's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. You know, it's just amazing how it is when we look at these things. The cornerstone. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28. Verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. So because even back then in the Old Testament, they're talking about Jesus Christ. And when we look at this, it says, okay, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. But then he goes even farther. It's a tried stone. And he goes on, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Can't lay any other foundation. When we look at this, you know, if we look at it, the church in so many places is compared to a building, isn't it? It's a building because it says even in, in, in verse 22 that we are builded together. We are all builded together. And it's so look to first Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter three. Well that I'm sorry, that's that's what I just said. <laughs> In verse eleven, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And you can look at, you, you, 
you want to go back and read some of this, but let's look at, look at some of this. Now, if many men build upon this foundation, gold, hay, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the, re- the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If we look in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. So this foundation is a good, sure foundation, but he's telling us we got to watch how we build upon that foundation. We need to be cognizant of this all the time. And I wrote in there to, to, to look again to, to, to verses 21 and 22. We'll get to those in a, in a few minutes. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. The building is fitly framed together. Remember, it says, God adds to the church daily such as should be required. Those that are required in the church. Now we have what is here is what God has required for to be here at Mount Zion. Numbers don't mean anything to God. Numbers shouldn't mean anything to us. I guess Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, myself, we'd like to have a few more people in here. But, but see, that's not our worry. That's not our worry. That's up to God. God adds to the church daily as such as should be required. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. You know, and it's... Uh, turn back to Mark chapter 12, verse 10. And have ye not read this scripture... The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. So we're looking at, when you look at this, it says, the stone which the builders rejected, they're talking about the Jews, they rejected Jesus Christ as being the Son of God. But look at, he's become the head of the corner. He has become the head of the church for each and every one of us. Now we could go to Luke chapter 20, verse 17. It's, it's pretty much about, about the same. But it talks about the foundations of the apostles and prophets. And if we look into chapter 3 and verse 5, it talks about which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy, what? Apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So there were apostles and there were prophets at this time. It's just it's just when we look at these things, we, we gotta realize it. In chapter four, in verse eleven through sixteen, we can see, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And he gave these because of what? For the perfecting of the saints for the edifying of the ministry, 
I mean, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look at what he go, Paul goes on. He says, that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Look what it says, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness where they lie in wait to deceive. I'm looking that into the, into the, the church today. There are so many that are what? By the slight of men, they're lying in wait to deceive. There's just, there's so many preachers that are deceiving the people right now. And Mabel and myself, we were just talking and it's just like, unfortunately, church has become more of a form of entertainment than it is the preaching the word of the Lord. So it goes on, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we're fitly joined together again. God adds to the church daily, such as should be required. He's brought everything in here. We've all got different gifts that he's given unto each and every one of us. Every joint supplies. It's talking about every member, what every member of the congregation supplies. According to the effectual working in every part. In every part, we grow together. And that's what I, I, I just... It, it just it just warms my heart to see is how we work together in this at Mount Zion Church. Going back the twenty one and twenty two. So we know that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together. Now, I know Bill is uh, is a builder. He, he can work very well with his hands. He can make things. And he knows that if you don't have things square, it's no good, is it, Bill? You gotta have it, you gotta have it square. Well, you gotta have the foundation. We got that foundation. We got that foundation, Jesus Christ. But we have to build up upon that. And if we, we're not building up according to the word of the Lord, the building's going to fall apart. I'm not talking about this building so much. I'm talking about the congregation, the people that are in here. We have to know what we're doing about. But this building wouldn't stand if it wasn't level, square, and everything. And we know sometimes things settle, but we can see this church is still pretty good. This church is going to be here for a long time. Whether we're in this church or not, this church is going to be here for a while. While. So we're, we're, all the building, I think it's talking about the church of God, church of Jesus Christ, fitly framed together, growth unto a holy temple in the Lord. The building is the church of God. As we look at that, and all, no one of the family of God is left out. We're all, we're all part of this. We're in different parts of the world. As we look at these things, but no matter where we are, if we're a child of God, you know what? 
and we're in a congregation where we're going to be fitly framed together. And we're going to, what? Grow. Grow. Now, I look at that, Brother Leroy, it not means so much that we're growing in numbers, but what? We continue to grow spiritually all the time. We continue to read the Bible. Every time you read the Bible, you're going to find something in there that is going to just pop into your mind and say, wow, I didn't realize that. That's why we need to continue to read the Holy Scriptures day in and day out so that we can grow in wisdom and knowledge so that we can be, um, we can grow together, grow together all the time. Grow, with, grow together unto a holy temple in the Lord. You know, we look at it, Jesus Christ. And that's when we go back and we look at in verse 4 and 16 where it talks about again, you know, the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted, held together, compacted, held together by that which every joint supplied. We're held together by what each and every one of us bring into the congregation, into the congregation. I'm getting good at that, brother, instead of calling it the church, the congregation. The congregation, by that which every joint supplieth. You know, he's talking about a bodily, and by that which every joint supplieth. We can see Brother Jimmy with his, with his leg, he's not able to walk. But we can see all of our joints and our things all working together. Yeah, I know sometimes we have a little ache and pain in this knee or the hip or whatever. You know, but thanks be to God that he keeps us healthy enough that everything works together. Because we have to understand if, you know, certain things happen to limbs of our body that we're not able to do exactly what we could. But when we have a church, if one member suffers, another can pick that up, Brother Leroy so that we can continue to grow together in the Lord all the time, all the time. It's amazing. Grow in numbers and spirituality. Now, I know we haven't grown in numbers so much here. So what does that mean we need to do? Grow spiritually. Read the Scriptures. Read the Scriptures all the time. It's just it's it's amazing that we look at these things and we can and we can see them you know and it says if we look in verse 21 it starts out what brother leroy in whom in whom in in who in jesus christ and in verse 22 it starts out in whom at that in whom we we need to realize that they're talking about jesus christ in Jesus Christ, all the building is fitly framed together, and it grows unto an holy temple in the Lord, because we have faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ. In verse 22, it says, In whom, in whom, Jesus Christ, in whom ye also, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, in whom you also, I won't say, let's just say you also, in whom you also, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, all that the Father gave to His Son. All the Father, all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And of all of them and the come unto me, what does it say? I will lose not one. I will lose not one. In whom ye also, the children of God, are built together. 
were joined together. You know, when you look at some things and you say, what is the common denominator in all of this? What's the common? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the common denominator in all these things. You know, build it together. That's what is really so good when we look at this. We are builded together. Build it together, join together for inhabitation. The church as the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. The church. We look at this, that habitation of God through the Spirit. We see here, you know what? We got all three persons of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In whom is the Son? In the habitation of God, the first person of the Trinity. And then we see through the Spirit, which is what? The third person of the Trinity. It's amazing when we look at that. We look at this, it's a pleasant habitation, isn't it? It's a joy to walk through those doors and to come and have communion with. When we come in here, we have communion with what? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, we come in, we should, we should be raising holy hands and just praise that God is so good Unto us. A pleasant habitat. Therefore, it is a safe place in here. It's a safe place. And we are happy to be dwelling within this, aren't we? Aren't we happy to be here today? You don't have to really answer that, but I'm hopeful that all of us are happy to be here today. Because we're here I'm not here for Gary. I'm not here for Leroy or Roger or Carl or anybody else. I'm here for God. I'm here for Jesus Christ. I'm here for the Holy Spirit. Now, it's nice to have fellowship one with another. That's what we're we're here for, too, is to have fellowship one with another. But the thing of it is, when we come together, is to worship God. Worship God. Because you know what? He's been so good unto us. You know, he's the one that brought about that wonderful plan of salvation before the foundation of the world. He was in control of everything. Now, some people might say that what happened, Eve taking the apple and then giving it to Adam, that God was blindsided by that. God knew what was going to happen. He knew that it was going to happen. When he came in there and he said, where are you, Adam? Oh, I'm hiding from you because I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, you know, the wife gave me the apple. The wife that, what does he, what is, what does Adam very plainly say? From the, the wife that you gave me. <laughs> the wife that you gave me, God. She ate the apple. She gave to me. I ate the apple. And now I know that I'm naked. And I'm ashamed to be naked. God knew all that was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. He had that plan of salvation ready before he formed this earth. He knew what was going to happen. 
So he was, he was ready. He wasn't blindsided by the fact, just like he isn't blindsided by the things that are happening in the world today. He's not blindsided by anything. He knew all these things were going to happen. And you can ask, Brother Dave, how can you say it? Because the Bible tells me he knew the end from the beginning. And he knows everything in between. Remember in the psalm, he knows the words before you even speak it. He knows exactly what you're going to do tomorrow. Anything that you're going to do tomorrow is not taking him by surprise because he knows it. He knows it. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Brother Leroy was talking about the other day. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. That's what we got to understand. We can't, we, we can't fool God. I don't know what you try to do or you think you can do or you think you can hide from him. You can't hide anything from him. He knows everything. And he knows he knows exactly who's here today. Because Jesus Christ is here with us. He's spirit, he's a spirit, but he's with us here today because he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So he's here today. He's omnipresent, everywhere present, but nowhere absent. See, these attributes of God are, are Pretty much basically the attributes for Jesus Christ. As we go on, he knows all these things. He knows it's actually everyone who is going to be there. Now, I, I wish I could see him physically, but that's not what it's all about. It's just believing that he is and he is a rewarder of them to diligently seek him. And that we're here. We're seeking the word of the Lord today. We're not looking to come here be entertained. We're not coming to be here because we got a band sitting over here. Although we could take those pews out and start one, but we're not going to. You know, you see what I mean? We're not here to come to be entertained. Church just around the corner. They're building a sanctuary that is three times the size of what they have right now. Because there are people that are coming in there, they're wanting to be entertained. And that's the way it is today. If you want to be entertained, you need to go somewhere else. Because as we're here, we're teaching things doctrinal and practical for each and every one. Because that's what Ephesians is. One through three is doctrinal. Four through six is practical. That's what we need to bring unto you and to teach you. Because when it says when he gave some pastors and teachers, that's what we have here in our church today. Pastors and teachers. And we're supposed to teach you about doctrinal and practical things that are going to help you in your world today. And I hope that we hope that we can continue on here at Mount Zion. Continue going on and forward and teaching and preaching the Word of God. I thank you for your kind attention today. Does anybody have a...